Right now, we're just speaking about President Cyril Ramaphosa. And I want to focus on the future of our country right now, right? So we often speak about how the politics of the ANC essentially becomes the politics of the country because they are the governing party. Unfortunately. Yes. Um, when you look at the state of the ANC currently, I think even a blind man can see it's not in a very good state. It has not been for a number of years. Mm. This was supposed to be the rebuild for the mm, ANC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was supposed to be, I guess, the redemption. Mm-hmm. It's turned out not to be so. Yeah. A lot of people are saying if President Zuru Raposa leaves, he leaves with the last breath of the ANC. The question then is what happens of our country? Mm-hmm. Well, is this not the time then for the opposition to shine? Well. So which opposition specifically? Uh, does. You see, if you can't even tell me that, no, I mean, for a decision that may need to be made as soon as tomorrow. Very, very soon. <laughs> because, I mean, if it's the last kick of a dying horse, what what is the person who's riding the horse supposed to do? Mm. You know what the unfortunate thing is? Um, like you're saying, this may just be the last breath of the ANC, but South Africans have been conditioned to be accepting and tolerant of a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know? And the kind of, you know, criticism that they've given to the ruling party over the years is something that they've grown accustomed to. And yeah. because... Um, like realistically speaking There is no opposition party That you can right now be like You know what these people are ready to lead And and what happens when you're in an abusive relationship And you oh, don't hey. see an outlet That gives you hope Like mm. proper hope Where you're like this is where I'm going to go And this is where I'm going to find my answers You stay With the rubbish that you know Because as a battered person mm. The Stockholm devil you Zimbabwe. know Yeah The The, 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 the yeah, the devil you know is better than the devil that you don't know. Mm. And currently what we've seen with the opposition parties, they've been so good at criticizing the ANC that they've lacked to show us what it is that they would be able to bring to the party. 100%. You know? At municipal level, they can't even get along amongst themselves. Yeah. You know, Balwa, each and every day, do you think that we'd be willing to bring them in mm. to come and lead the entire nation? Mm. Chances are not. And this is when the ANC... You know, pick a leader who's going to say, you know what, we've messed up so much in the past, but this is what we're willing to bring because it's the perfect opportunity for anyone to come and flourish the opposition or the the, ruling party. It's anyone's game at this stage. And I guess we just need to sit back and see who can politic the best best out of both of them. The sad thing about where the the, the NC is sitting right now is that any of the people that they will bring to the fore at this moment is tainted to a certain extent. Mm. (laughs) And more than that, when I'm doing well, you see, leadership and politics are two different things. Mm You need somebody who will be able to lead the country, but they need to be strong politically. Yes. This is the thing. And there's nobody like that left. Mm. And by strong politically, I mean somebody who enjoys the support of the branches, mm. who has a constituency. Mm-hmm. You can't parachute a leader. You can't. Because what happens is during tough times, 
people go, hey, Vele, so I'm voting long. As much as I'm voting Vele. They need to be able to rally behind this leader. You're exactly. right. Mm. Times get tough, so people yeah. must say, yay. Because what I wanted to ask with, you know, it's unfair to compare the two with America and South Africa. They were also attached to a certain um, democracy for the longest of time. So I wanted to find out what changed when they decided to then put, obviously, a black president that they didn't trust back then. Well, because... It is different in America. Mm, yeah. You yeah. elect a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Here you like elect a party. party. Yeah. Okay. You see? So mm. the person gets the buy-in. Mm-hmm. Then the party gets behind the person mm-hmm. and they push. Yeah. Okay. Right? Mm. But Lana, you need somebody who needs to have the support of the party first. Mm-hmm. And only then will that person emerge at the conference mm-hmm. and then go on to lead the country. Okay. okay. So Okay, fine. Let's say the ANC decides to make him the leader of the party. Hypothetically speaking, it's just an example. Yeah, it won't bad, happen. A bad one, right? yeah. <laughs> uh, the branches could just say, I mean, I'm a zeal of William Fagil. And then, like the following day, you could get, you could get recalled by the NEC. Hmm. You yeah. see? Yeah. What are your thoughts, Is My thoughts? Yeah. I thought, I think, rather, we are in a precarious position. Mm. I think opposition is in a very good position to start bargaining with the NC right now. Of course. Right? Because they can then say, well, based on what we've seen, mm. if you give us this, such as maybe a deputy presidency, yeah. right? If the NC gets below 50%, we as the EFF can contribute our projected 7%. Okay. So you guys will still get the majority. Mm. You govern the country, but then I as Julius Malema become their deputy president, for yeah. example. Do you think they'd be willing to play such a risky game? Because most of the support that they've gotten from the ground has mm. been based on the fact that we are taking the ANC out of power. Exactly. And playing a game where you are essentially getting into bed with the very organization mm. that led to you winning. Is it possible that you risk losing your own supporters who are now like, uh, 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 uh? Well, it depends how you look at it. Yeah. Mm. Right now, as just opposition, you can't do much. Exactly. Mm-hmm. As deputy president and being in cabinet, mm. you can do a lot. But do you not need to sell that to me as the, the constituency voter. first before you even go there? But how do you know that they haven't? You see, that's to the thing. Us. We haven't been in EFF branch meetings. Mm. But we don't know what they've discussed. We'd know. I think we'd know. Politics. If if that is is where they're going to be running towards in 2024, by now we should know that as the voters, this is where this political party is aiming to go in the next two years so that we we buy into it now. Don't spring it to me in 2024 and say that I'm going to have a marriage of convenience with the ANC when I want you there because you are the opposition. Well, there's two things that are for certain. Mm. The first thing is that the EFF right now will not get enough votes to get an outright majority. That's a fact. That we know. They will grow as a party, Mm -hmm. but they won't get an outright majority. So they'll just get more seats in parliament. Mm -hmm. This way, if you use a financial term, they would be hedging Mm -hmm. for a better position than any possible scenario currently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't see how that's a lose for the voters. No, no, it's not a lose at all. Yeah. Let us know what your thoughts are. Silk Sonic skates on 959 is car drive. We're on the streets, we're on the air, we are everywhere. We are speaking about the future of the country right now as things stand. Where do you think is our best case scenario?
Looting. I remember this guy, one of the looters, uh, when he was asked, uh, how do you feel uh, when your country is being looted like this? You know what he said? He said, uh, each and every year. Imagine that. Huh? I mean, I mean, we're experiencing uh, we blacks are not even supposed to experience. Check our situation. Our situation is bad already. Why, why, why we, we, we have so, 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 so many people who are suffering already. Too much unemployment. You take these people living unemployed and then, and then we are neglect. Those people are going to be used again eh? to, to, to make our economy look so bad. No. Mm, okay, so interesting. It wasn't the first time that there was losing in the country, but maybe nationwide, you can say that. But also, why do you blame President Sura Ramaphosa for that? Because the people that actually caused the July unrest were supportive of President Jacob Zuma. Mm. So once he was going to prison, you won't have ISIS. Either way, though, keep sending us your voice notes. We want to hear from you. What is the future of the country like now that it looks like the new dawn is about to set? Caravez, the Grant Nelson vocal remix, Negro Can. It is 959, it's Kaya Drive, we're on the streets, we're on the air, we're everywhere. If you just joined us, we are speaking about the future of our country, South Africa specifically, seeing as how the future of our president seems to be hanging in the balance. Uh, we're joined by a good friend of the shows, an independent political analyst, Kaya Stole. Kaya, what would you say? Uh, it seems like the sun is setting on the new dawn. Is that an accurate assessment or no, not really? No, because there was never a new dawn to begin with. It was always a false dawn. The <laughs> main issue that happened is that in 2017, the ANC elected a new figurehead head for its political party. Mm. And they then sold us the idea that there was a new dawn at play, which simply meant that there was a new ANC and the ANC would be have slightly differently from what he had done for the preceding 10 years. The problem, of course, is that the new figure had inherited much of the old architecture that it enabled the type of things that a new Don idea is seeking to break away from. So the anti-architecture remained the same, the factionalism within the ANC remained the same, and their ability, or lack of ability rather, to govern particular parts of the state in a functional and optimal manner remained the same. So there was never really a new Don. There was always false Don. That being said, what we've then seen is that over the past five years, as he has presided over the party and the state, President Cyril Ramaphosa has obviously attached his, um, uh, his legacy on a couple of critical issues. Mm-hmm. The first one was that he wanted to essentially unite the ANC. That was always a particularly risky proposition, and I think in fairness, five years down the line, we can all agree that he has spectacularly failed to unite the ANC. There was also the question of then how to ensure that the state is better purposed to deal with its challenges than it was before, whether the challenges are unemployment, poverty, or inequality. South Africa just hasn't had the right solutions to those particular problems. So in relation to that, it does appear that there are a lot of lingering questions about how successful it has been in the past five years, and its scorecard is at best a mixed one. Interesting that you bring up the architecture of the ANC, right, and the inherent problems. Because, for me anyway, 
it seems that the things that have taken President Silver Raposa to his point have largely been by his own doing. He tripped over his own laces, unforced errors. So even if the ANC had transformed and had done a 180-degree turn, we'd still be here. We could be. And then one person would say a reformed ANC would have been very clear and very decisive that if you feel like that Arthur Fraser, for example, is someone who has conducted himself in a manner unbecoming of a public official, then the answer is not promote him laterally and move him elsewhere. The answer is to simply say, look, we think an official of this caliber who has conducted himself in this way, as was alleged to have conducted himself in the state security agency, shouldn't be part of our government architecture. So our process response was to simply then move him elsewhere. And it was in that capacity as the person who has remained a member of the security cluster that he then was in a position to unleash this bombshell that he saw coming through in June 2022 when he then said, oh, by the way, something happened at the president's farm a couple of years ago and there's been a cover-up since then, which I'm now exposing. So that's one of the issues. So you then have to ask that, well, why did he persist with a person whom he had already formed the view that he didn't want to be leading a particular part of the state and he simply found another place to allocate him? It's simply because within the ANC, it's not always a linear process of saying, I'm dismissing this person, I'm removing this person. Decisions aren't taken in isolation. He doesn't operate in a vacuum. He has to get the concurrence of the National Working Committee. He has to deliberate to the deployment committee on who gets allocated when. And that's the problem with the architecture. It never gave him the type of autonomy that he would have wanted. So had the architecture of the ANC changed, had there been a greater sense of accountability, perhaps he could have managed these affairs a bit differently. Of course, there's still the problem that there still would have been a break-in and he still would have um, undertaken to hide it in one way or another. But I think the fallout is largely a part of his doing and the fact that there was indeed a burglary that he refused to report for reasons that he still is unable to explain. 100%. So when we come back, I want us to delve into the future of the country now, which, as I'm sure you can understand, is an extension uh, of the future of our president. When you see the RAND behaving in a manner that is doing, we haven't seen action like this and since maybe let's call it the nine wasted years. Uh, and for all accounts and purposes, I'd argue we are right back there. Joined on the line by a good friend of the show, an independent political analyst, Kaya Stolle. Thinking to myself, isn't it ironic that the very same presidents who came in and were told because he is a billionaire, because he is a business person, money would not be an issue and we wouldn't need to worry and now that has literally been his downfall. The irony is just, yeah, it's, um, it's stark. Hey, sis, I mean, I personally I say, let's give it to FF+. Plus. I mean, when the time the white people used to rule South Africa, no one would come in the country, do whatever they want. Give it to the white people for the next 10 years, and let's see what happens. Do you see now what the problem is, uh, Mr. Stolle? It's that when the ANC has failed so dismally, you get people who even have views like that. Yeah, difficult one. And I think, obviously, when we look at how people's sentiments have changed against the ANC in recent times, people even have to uh, have started expressing what really seems like uh, you know, elements of apartheid nostalgia on the basis of the collective sense of frustration 
without the ANC has failed to govern in a manner that is responsive to the type of issues we face today and also enable many more citizens to feel that the state is working for them. So those frustrations are indeed accumulating in one form or another where people are simply just saying that ah, we don't know what is going on, we don't know who's in charge, and the country is simply just meandering. So what is the future of our country at this point? The future of the country is that the country must survive these political shifts and these political upheavals. The worry is that the shape of the country by the time it gets through this particular crisis and the next crisis that will happen inevitably, that is what is going to define our fate. And I think what we've seen quite interestingly over the past couple of years, credit to Ramaphosa himself, is that he's tried to rebuild state institutions that must outlive himself. And it is in the building of those state institutions that we can then say, look, the country itself and the country's fate is not a question of what the personalities in an ANC, NEC meeting decide at any particular point in time. So if that is going to be his legacy, that state institutions are much stronger than they were when he came in, then of course the country has a chance at survival. But if we are simply saying that the moment he leaves office, then we're back to breaking down state institutions, then the crisis will be terminal. It will just manifest in another form over the next couple of years. I'm already late, but I can't let you go without asking you this question. There's still a public protector report that is going to come. If the parliamentary report, as narrow and limited in scope as it was, was this damning, it's difficult to imagine that the public protector's reports will come out any differently. Neither will the SARS investigation or the SAB. Thoughts? Well, I think the SAB and the SARS investigation should have been out long ago because they are dealing with very linear issues. It is either the foreign currency was declared or it wasn't. It is either the taxes were paid or they were not. So it is difficult to understand why those two institutions haven't come out and sort of indicated what their position is. The public protector's report, as you write, has the capacity to demand additional insights, to demand additional information, which is what the parliamentary panel didn't have. So if you look at how they were able to formulate these views based on limited scope information, and the fact that the public protector got a wider ambit, you can imagine that if the interpretation of the facts is the same, then of course it will be even more damning. But I think the key point is that even the public protector itself will not come up with a recommendation that says throw him in jail. It will simply be a matter of, I think on the basis of the Executive Ethics Act and what the president has done, this is the infringement. And of course it comes back to parliament to decide how they want to deal with those infringements by the president. But I think the Reserve Bank and the SARS are the ones where the game will literally have to reach extra time and they have to find out what they say. Thank you very much, Castole, a good friend of the shows, an independent political analyst. That's how we wrap up the second hour of the show. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.